everyone, you're listening to the Arts Views Presents The Short Views Podcast. I am your host, Deanna Costa. Join me on an auditory exploration of our independent magazine on the show where we bring you the latest and greatest from our arts criticism community. On today's episode, we will be featuring a bit of a departure from the magazine, actually. We're going to be talking about love and romance, life and living in a creative relationship, and which is not to say that the relationship itself is creative in some way, but the two people, or I guess more people, that are in the relationship are all creative people. I can't imagine that Matt and Lucas would have made such a show when they were uh, hosting, but I thought it would be fun. It's a bit of an aside to the magazine, but I'm sure still a topic that many of our writers could absolutely relate to. We're going to be talking with our intro, outro, transitions, sometimes featured artist, Dylas, and his girlfriend slash my very best friend in the world, Anna Dollar. And my husband is here, which is a very weird word to say because we've only been married less than two years. But he's a writer too. We've got a lot to chat with. So these four people will be talking about what it is like to be in a creative relationship. How does it affect? Does it affect at all? And we will also be featuring a, another song by Dylas that you may not have heard yet. It was his latest release, came out back in December, called Till Fall. So let's get right into it. What is it like to be with someone who has the passion for the arts, whatever the arts may be? Hello folks, would you like to introduce yourselves to us and let us know uh, a little, little something about yourself? Maybe talk about your creativity. How are you creative people? I was uh, previously on the Arts Fuse podcast, yep. and I had a little bit of a chance to introduce myself that time. I dabble in the creative writing arts. I'm studying it uh, for my MFA. I have a love for all the arts. I love music. Uh, I love art, like fine art, uh, you know, everything. And I have friends from every single uh, medium. Yeah, so um, I'm Dylas, and I've been doing a lot of shit. I've always been creative. It started off with drawing, and then it kind of grew into other things. It branched off into um, singing and writing, like poetry and all that stuff. But I didn't necessarily take it serious until high school. Um, I want to say junior year. That's when I did like my school's chorus and got really kind of involved in kind of the deeper aspect of uh, like music theory. Um, and then it kind of just carried on until now because now now I'm making my own stuff um whereas before I was kind of just more amongst the audience but now I'm kind of like you know the I guess you would say the performer who I've learned a lot of several things about myself because of this journey just because like mm. it's kind of expensive mm. in terms of just like wanting to you know record Right. Produce, engineer, eat. in time and in equipment, it's expensive. Exactly. Yeah. So I've I really wanted to do this shit. Like, you know, 
I had to find a way, and I really wanted to do this shit, so I ended up finding a way that works best for me. So, mm-hmm. bada boom, bada bing. <laughs> we do our own thing. So, my name's Anna, and I'm a recent graduate of North Carolina State University. I majored in public relations, so writing has always kind of been my forte. For sure. Yeah, but it's more like professional slash business writing rather than creative. That's what I'm bad at. Yeah. Shout out to Michael. <laughs> um, so I guess my creative outlet probably would be drawing um, yeah. and painting. Yeah. I think I'm on a very amateur level. I would like, because I talk on this show all the time, our gracious audience listens to my voice like every two weeks. It's ridiculous. So, Michael, would you tell the lovely people in a... Um, a short story way, hmm. how we met and how we got together and, um, you know, how we got married and the whole deal. And was our creative natures involved in that in any way, do you think? Oh, uh, well, we met during school. So I would say, I would I- say it, it would. Uh, we're, you know, we shared creative classes. I think one of the, the um, I guess, like the best bonding we had early on was in um a portfolio prep class we had in yeah. art you know it was like a friend of a friend um you know had had told me that um somebody <laughs> somebody had the eyes for me so i added a little special note in the yearbook yes and um i got a good response back and uh hey a little thing like that now uh we're married so the whole, like, what, six years in between? Yeah. That, whatever. Yeah, college. A lot of ups and downs, but we're here, you know. Boom. So here's how it went. It was 2017, so I guess you could say three years ago, but it was really, like, two years because it was in September. Um, we met in Raleigh. Um, the reason why I was in Raleigh was because my girlfriend's ex at the time, Anna Dollar, right here, her ex at the time, um, he had a show. And he invited me to perform with him because we had a song that we did together. Um, so I drove up there with my ex, who was my girlfriend at the time. And we stayed in Anna's room. And Anna stayed with um, her ex and whatnot. Uh, like our first encounter, it, it was really weird. I wouldn't even say it was like nothing creative involved when mm-hmm. we first met because like she was awkward. He was a lot shorter than I was. <laughs> oh. <in> <laughs> but that's cool though. X's X's and X's. Yeah, yeah. we made You guys made a, a, a flip flop. Oh. She made it seem a lot worse than it actually was. So I'm going to reiterate okay. this. Okay. Right. <laughs> so we were both in very toxic relationships on either side. Not mm-hmm. so much from ourselves, but from our partners. Other yeah, them. so I don't really remember how it started. I know the initial message started with you where we just kind of, like, talked about how messed up the situation was, mm-hmm. and we kind of found, like, an emotional connection with each other. Right. Um, so I wouldn't necessarily say it was, like, a creative right. balance. Right. I mean, of course, like, I knew that he did music, and I knew he was really good at photography, so I was kind of like, okay, well, I can really connect with this person kind of, like, on an emotional friend level. Mm-hmm. But then I guess that deeper connection from being um, bonded with traumatic experiences and kind of like transition into something else. So it wasn't necessarily creative, more sad. Well, that actually is a fantastic segue into one of my follow-up questions. Do you believe 
the, there's this old adage that great art must come from great pain. Because I would say that all four of us, ironically, um, though our creativity is fairly separate, our lives ha are definitely similar but very different. Um, but we all have dealt with pain in our lives and we still deal with it. And we all have our own battles as most people do. But there's like this interesting thought that a true uh, artist, someone who's really like giving you their soul and it's like genuine work, not just some sort of superficial crap, that comes from pain. Do you guys agree with that? I feel like regardless of whatever medium you use to express yourself, I think that having like that level of pain and the negative emotions associated with that kind of fuels you creatively because even with his his music and stuff I always tell him you can feel the like raw emotions like whenever right. whatever topic that he has written the song about you can like whether it be like heartbreak or like depression anything like you can feel the raw emotions coming through it like it's not just something that he's like oh I'll write about this because other people are writing about this mm -hmm. and it sounds cool it's like it's actually coming from him yeah, yeah. Su not superficial is like the perfect yeah. way to describe it so it's always deeper than like the surface area so like with songs and whatnot with a lot of artists um usually like the disconnect between like the song and like people is like whether or not people like can feel the song they might like you know they hear it on like a surface level but like you know there's something extra that'll get them invested into it into like a you know a deeper level and that um and pain is like one of those uh outlets or one of those methods mm -hmm. that kind of takes the listener or the viewer of anything and it could be like an art piece or like a song kind of into that next level a lot of the greatest um pieces of artwork or music or albums in general uh, a lot of people connect with them because there's that uh, that deeper feeling. And a lot of times it is that pain, it's that relatability that uh, pushes it to the next level. So pain is definitely one of those things that it gives it more value opposed to kind of just like, for me, a personal experience wise, uh, like with drug use or something, I'm not somebody who's like heavily on drugs. So if I were to say something about like an experience that I had, you know, people wouldn't necessarily feel me out like that because it's just like, okay, it's like mild, but like you get somebody in here who's like kind of really been, been through, been really been yeah. through that, you know, yeah. it's that, that is what will reach out to more people. As easy as it may seem like, okay, you know, I got to just like kind of make people feel this. It's kind of hard in a way too, just because, you know, it, you have to kind of go deep within yourself and kind of you have to be uncomfortable it's kind of uncomfortable mm -hmm. to to do i mean the end result is like it'll always turn out great but it's kind of like during that process is really really it could get I, I remember times where you know i was doing something and i wanted to kind of create that effect to where i wanted to you know impact a lot of people but in order to get there i had to almost kind of I wouldn't say drive myself crazy but it kind of felt that way yeah. I think it's it's kind of ironic that I think that is the case that mm -hmm. we a lot of most uh, most artists need that pain to to grow or to to relate emotion because it's it's one of the purposes of art is to like connect with people to try to better mm -hmm. uh, like lives of right. humanity and yeah. not just to to connect for the sake of it but to 
uplift people yeah. and maybe make a change in the world and so it's, say something really, really, you know. Yeah, and I think, like, yeah, it's tough because, you know, I don't, I, there's not many people that, like, emulate that for gain, but it's it's kind of ironic in a sense right. um, that it's based on that. Any, any um, relevant um, artist, be that in music or um, writing, anything like that, if you read an autobiography or anything, that there's always the romantic relationships are always just a mess. Mm-hmm. And That's I think so for some of them, the only time, especially for if you take Ernest Hemingway, oh, yeah, for example, I mean, the only time he was at his best uh, writing, uh, you know, emotionally, psychologically, was when he had somebody that would basically take care of him. And so you have a, a woman yeah. that would take care of his kids take care of everything in his life so he could just focus on his art and And his ego it's kind of funny that you see him as kind of this this macho like bravado Mm -hmm. kind of guy and he he had the uh but he was so dependent yeah he was he was very dependent and i think that's where a lot of art artists are at one thing that is interesting about us is that um i think we're equally creative and we're both trying to do it professionally so i think we balance out very well. Um, we we have temper tantrums on different days, so that's good. We have our prima donna moments separately. Yeah. And I think we can also relate a lot um, creatively to each yes, other and kind of help each other um, with our creative pursuits. So yeah. that's a plus. And you know when to tell me my writing is bad. And, oh, true. what are you talking yeah. about? And that's yeah. that's how you know when to start Stress. and when to revise. And it's it's good. Yeah. It's it's very good. But. Well, that uh, also makes me wonder uh, a quick yes or no on this one. Can creative people date someone who does not share their interests? So... Imagine, like, um, a creative, like, I don't know, like a painter getting together with, like, Jimmy the Mechanic who goes home and watches fishing and NASCAR, and his only hobby is football. Like, can can those two people, can that work? Can it happen? Yeah, but it, it's... It's not going to be the deepest. It's going to have mm. more surface elements. I, I it, in my opinion, I would say great. they'd have to keep at arm's length or have, be very separate in the things they do. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't um, get to spend as much time together. Right. Or quality. Of so as, I think if they can compartmentalize a lot if of things in their lives. Yeah. and Yeah, and they care. That's, that's what it comes down to. I want to know what you guys think about this. But I really want to know what does Anna feel are the challenges of being with a creative person because Dylas is, I would say, a professional and he's trying really hard to be a known professional. So is it challenging to be with a professional musician? The only thing I can think is maybe um, he has little bouts of disappearing for (laughs) sometimes hours at a time. And most of the time, whenever he finally responds, I get hit with the, oh, I was recording or making music, which, like, how can I be mad at him for doing that? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm like, like yeah, exactly. Like, like that's so, his thing. How can I be mad at him right, for that? Right. But at the same time, on, like, the relationship side, I'm like, 
yeah, well, what about me? I need attention right. now, you know? So it's like that type of thing. So I think there are challenges, you know, but I think that you have to be able to prioritize um, yes. not only with um, the importance of whatever the issue is. That was actually one of my questions was how do you um, make decisions regarding priorities, taking a back seat for art sometimes? Is that hard? And you're saying, yes, it is hard. Yeah, 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 I think so. Yeah, and it's also on the musician side, it's hard to balance everything, especially when you're not at a point where you are like technically, you know, a really famous, rich, successful, professional musician when it's like the side hustle makes it even harder to balance everything else that you've got going on and the mm -hmm. relationship that you care yeah. about and your relationship with your music. And it's not an easy road to sew. But I want to know, Dylas, do you think that creative people can date someone who's not creative? Well, I was I was going to disagree at first, but then Michael said, you know, it takes a lot of care and that is a that's a big thing. Me personally, it, I wouldn't date I, I wouldn't say I wouldn't date anybody that doesn't have my creative interests. Like we don't got to like the same thing. No. I feel like cuz it, it all does boil down to like how much that person cares for it. So what I wouldn't want to be involved in is like, say, a relationship where somebody who's like really creative is being brought down a level mm -hmm. because the spouse that they're with. When it comes to that, I'd be like, nah, man, you got to, you know, mm -hmm. leave. But it's it's possible. It just it kind of depends on what the person is willing to what both people, what the creative is kind of willing to because sometimes you do have to make sacrifices for, sure, for that yeah, person. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it doesn't have to be like a great you know, degree of sacrifice. It's not like, you know, you're passing up a, I don't know, like an art show right. to just go like to go out to a dinner date or something. But like, there's like little sacrifices that do need to be made. I would say it's not really all that common because usually, I mean, people kind of click with, I feel like if you're creative, you're more inclined to be connected with somebody who's like, not necessarily on the same level as you, but you know, they have, yeah, that, that's, that's where I, that's where I feel it can work out. For sure, but it can definitely not. Yes, absolutely true. Can either go pretty good or pretty shitty. Mm -hmm. Yes, but on that note, we sadly have to wrap up. But I want to thank you all so so much for coming and talking to me about this. Yeah. I hope it serves someone out there. And now we're gonna check out Dylas's most recent release, Till Fall. Yes, yes, on your mother. 
smoking man We just saw glaciers now Another one that's still going to be around for a while is the uh, human impact stories of the opioid epidemic. If you want to hear more about that, you can listen to last week's show. And the same is true for Yayoi Kusama, Love is Calling, which is also at the ICA Boston. But that's going to be there until 2021, so you got plenty of time. The photo revolution, the Andy Warhol um, to Cindy Sherman at the Worcester Art Museum is ending in February, so I really need to go to that so I can tell you all about it. I've also mentioned that on a previous episode if you'd like more information. This is interesting. This is a permanent site-specific structure that has been built in Lincoln, 51 Sandy Pond Road in Lincoln, Massachusetts. We have Andy Goldsworthy, The Watershed, which is at the De Cordova Sculpture Park and Museum. So, this permanent site-specific structure is ins installed in a hillside near the museum and pays structural homage to the homogeneous architectural style of New England. The granite stone installation is the latest in Goldsworthy's many works that explore the nature of water, weather, and related natural occurrences that affect a particular landscape. Because it emphasizes and utilizes the impact of groundwater runoff in the vicinity, visitors can see and hear the structure being activated and over the years altered by the water flowing through when it rains. That sounds so cool. There's also an Arts Fuse review by Mark Faberman. So if you go to the website and you type in Watershed Mysterious Simplicity, you can check out Mark's review. I might read it on air in a future date. We also still have the Mass Ave Cambridge photos by Carl Baden until next month. And here's a few for any of you theater fans. We have a very vibrant theater scene. All Fall Down by Leela Rose Kaplan. That is at the Huntington Theater Company Calderwood Pavilion at the BCA, which is on Tremont Street, right in downtown. Started on January 10th, my beautiful birthday, if I say so myself, and is running until February 15th. This new comedy is about family and tradition, as well as the hang-ups and surprises that, no matter who you are or where you come from, seem to sneak into all of our family gatherings. Linda and Saul Stein still live in the Westchester home where they raise their two beautiful daughters. But when Saul unexpectedly retires, 
Linda summons the family to celebrate Passover for the first time in decades. Linda tends slightly toward the theatrical, okay, a lot, and their family has never been particularly religious, okay, not at all. Hilarious complications ensue. You can also check out The Cake by Becca Brumstetter, which is being put on by the Lyric Stage Company on Clarendon Street in Copley Square. Also started on January 10th and will be around until February 9th. Conflict collides with confection when Della, a traditional Southern baker who's preparing to compete on the Big American Bake Off, reunites with her deceased best friend's daughter, Jen, in preparation for Jen's wedding. Della is forced to question her strongly held beliefs when she's asked to bake Jen's dream wedding cake for her and her future wife. Oh my god, could you imagine the audacity of Della? Questions of morals, judgment, and family swirl around them all. Interesting stuff. I mean, very topical, that's for sure. The Arts Fuse also has a review of this from its 2018 Barrington Stage production. So you can go on the website, type in the cake, and read up on that. And lastly, in the play community, we have Maytag Virgin by Audrey Kefali, is my guess. That is the Merrimack Repertory Theater at the Nancy L. Donahue Theater in Liberty Hall, Lowell, Massachusetts. When unflappable Jack moves in next door to sweetly neurotic Lizzie, two 40-something school teachers, both widowed, bond over being lonely and feeling stuck. As they get to know each other, they find themselves searching for an answer to the same question. How do you know when you're ready to live and love again? Well, that is absolutely heartbreaking. Thank you all for listening in and always following us on this wild ride. We've got a great uh, episode coming up for you next week. Excuse me, two weeks. You can find us at the Short Fuse Podcast Facebook. We also have a Twitter at the Short Fuse Pod. We have a Patreon that is under construction and getting better all the time. If you are listening to us on a different platform, you can find us on Simplecast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. And if you would like to throw a suggestion, a comment, a complaint, a memory uh, our way, you can send us an email at theshortfusepodcast at gmail.com. Thanks, y'all, and keep on trucking. We will find out next week. Until then, my muses. <laughs>